What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you and your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions per episode dealing with anything and everything from discernment to evangelization, catechesis, discipleship, relationship advice. The list goes on and I will then sit with your questions, pray with them, study them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you. However, here's a disclaimer, I'm not perfect. So sometimes my advice might, might not help you to grow in holiness. And if that's the case, then I want to give you the freedom to reject whatever it is that I say that does not help you to become a saint. However, if my advice is helpful, though difficult, then I really want to encourage you to lean into Jesus Christ in prayer so that our God can give you the grace to fulfill the demands of discipleship. If you're a first-time listener, you can hit me up with your own questions at askfatherjosh at essentialpress.com. And you can also hit me up with your critiques and comments from previous episodes. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats. That helps other people find out about the show. And you can also share us on your social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc. That also helps more people find out about the show. If the show is a gift for you, potentially, it can become a gift for other people as well. On today's show, we're going to talk about holding hands during the Lord's Prayer, right? That's like a hot topic of conversation. If you've been on Facebook lately, a lot of people have been sharing a lot of posts about that. So I'm going to dive into that question and give you my thoughts about that. We're also going to be talking about um, loss of our zeal in religious life. So for our brothers and sisters who are who are nuns, who are monks, who are friars, who are religious sisters, uh, who are religious brothers, sometimes they lose that zeal. So what do we do? And then finally, we're going to talk about discernment. I feel called to religious life. I feel called to the priesthood. I feel called to this particular community. But what about my gifts? Right? I have a lot of gifts and I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that, that I'm going to have to give up all these gifts that God has given me. I have a lot of things that I really love. And so what do I do whenever I have fears that I might have to let go of something that has been a gift to me in my walk toward eternity so far has been a gift for me in my relationship with Jesus Christ? So that's our questions for the show. But before we get into those topics, let's, uh, let's share a glory story. All right, before I get to my glory story, I want to take a sip of my coffee. Oh, y'all, y'all know I love my coffee. I got my coffee right now. Um, I have this, this this cream. It's so good. It's this almond cream stuff. Is it really? See, I keep messing up. Is almond, do they have cream if it's almond? I don't know. But it's, it's like, mm, it's good. No sugar needed. And so it's healthy for me. Let me take a sip real quick. Mm, I just put my coffee down. I got some candles lit, and I got a relic of St. Therese watching over me right now. And shout out to Heather Kim and Jake Kim up in Canada. Heather Kim is my uh, my sister in Christ. She's on the podcast with Sister Miriam James and Michelle Benzinger at Biden Together. And I told her husband I would give him a relic of St. Therese a long time ago. And uh, so I got that relic back, and then I, I reached out to Heather, and I said, what's your address? I'm going to send it to your husband. And surprise him, which I hope he doesn't listen to the podcast because then he's gonna know about this. Um, and uh, I just I forgot to do it. And then whenever I broke my toe a while back and my phone broke too, I, I lost all my messages within like that time frame. And so I lost her address because that was in that text message. So I need to hit her up again. So uh, if y'all hear this podcast, uh, and if I have not sent this relic by next week, can somebody please tell Heather Kim to call me and check me so I could be um, responsible. And share the gift of St. Therese with them. But no, glory story is this. So um, one of my 
former spiritual directees from Christ the King when I was at LSU and just she's just a, a beautiful disciple of Jesus Christ. Uh, she is a lay woman who now lives in in the great state of Texas. And uh, she hit me up recently and and she was like, yo, you got to listen to this song. It's a bop. And it, it was from Taylor Swift. Now, look, y'all know I'm not I mean, I might do like some Taylor Swift songs are OK, but some of her stuff isn't. You know, some of her stuff is is, is rather trashy. Um, and it really is a near occasion of sin. Some of her music, it, it draws people away from discipleship, away from God's word, away from Jesus Christ. However, nonetheless, every now and then uh, she releases a bop. She releases a, a, a smash hit. And it's like, dang, like she did that. Right. And so um, and again, I'm not super big into her, her style of music, but every now and then she, she drops something that even I can appreciate. I, I like to uh, think about like the person origin origin was in the early church and and he was a theologian, and some of his theology was great, but some of it was really whack. And so um, he was a heretic. But at the same time, he wasn't a heretic in everything he thought and, and spoke about. He was only a heretic in certain things. And so some stuff that he said was good, some stuff was bad. And so it's up to us to be able to say, all right, this was the bad stuff, this was the good stuff. We don't ever want to throw out the baby with the bath water, right? And so Taylor Swift has this song, and it's called I Forgot That You Existed. Uh, and so my so, so Meg sent it to me, and I listened to it, and I'm not going to lie. I was like, yo, this is actually, like, it's kind of good. But it's not great, right? There's still, it's not perfect, because basically she's just saying, like, like people in the past that she used to, like, give so much of her attention to and used to, like, stress about so much. Now, like, time is gone, and she doesn't even think about them anymore. Like, she forgets all about them, which for me is just, it rings so true to my heart on a number of reasons. Number one, because recently when I was going through my text messages from way back in the day, I was like just deleting text messages because it was taking up space on my phone. I had like legit text message history and like conversations with people whose names I didn't even remember. And I was like, who is this person I was talking to back in 2015? I have no idea who they were. No idea at all. Um, but also uh, because like, I used to, in high school, like, care so much about some things, and it used to weigh me down. Like, there was, like, a girl I used to have a crush on, and I really wanted to date her so bad, and I was like, man, why isn't she dating me? Why doesn't she like me? Like, you know, I, I had another girlfriend, but, you know, I, was, I, I wanted somebody else, and, you know, whatever. And um, long story short, like, now, I, like, I legit, I don't ever spend a day thinking about my high school crush at all. Like, I mean, unless it gets brought up in conversation. Not at all. Uh, when I was in college at Southern University, that great historical HBCU, um, yeah, Again, things were a big deal back then that now I don't care about. When I was in seminary, like there was just, man, like there were things that used to weigh me down in seminary and there were things that I used to really care about and I wanted the approval of other people and I wanted the affirmation of other people. And, and, and what I've come to realize is that like, people and, and places and things and activities, they're all passing, right? They're all passing and, and so are their opinions and so is their affirmation and their approval. The only one who remains is God. And so the, like, the part about her song that was good is she's like, look, I, it's not hate, right? It's not hate that I have for you anymore. She says it's, it's indifference. So I wouldn't say indifference is the best thing to have for somebody. I would say forgiveness is and then moving on. But it was still, um, it was still cool to hear the song and be able then to go to my adoration chapel and have a phenomenal conversation with Jesus about how he's the one who I was created for. And I was like, God, I just love you so much. Like, you're the one who I, I care the most about, Lord. You're the one who means everything to me. You're the one who's never going to leave me. You're the one who's always been there. You will always be there. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. All those people who I used to think were so important, really, I mean, they're God's beloved sons and daughters, but they're not that important. Um, their, their thoughts aren't that important. Like, the Father delights in me, and that's enough. And so, it's crazy how that secular song by T. Swift, Tay-Tay, was um, able to be used by the Holy Spirit to draw me to just 
be super grateful to Jesus. And it drew me to my knees in adoration. So shout out to, to T. Swift for that. And finally, one more quick glory story. Um, the other day, we were at the Full of Grace Cafe. Um, our um, place where we quench God's thirst for charity and justice. We have our food pantry, barbershop, diaper bank, coffee shop, dining room, counseling, lawyers, NFP, all that jazz goes on there. Um, well, the other day, so now on Tuesdays, two of the Mercedarian sisters of the Blessed Sacrament, Sister Inez and Sister Mother uh, Christina, um, they come by. Um, to, to just be available to pray with people. And on their first day, which was last Tuesday, uh, they came by with Mother Dulce Maria um, in Baton Rouge. And Sister Dulce is a, a nun who has a charism that she received at her baptism of, of supernatural healing. And so every now and then, not all the time, but every now and then when she prays with people, um, they experience physical healings and they're draw, drawn back to Jesus and the sacraments. And it's very beautiful to witness. And, and it was just cool because Sister Dulce was hanging out, having coffee, just talking, and people began to walk in the cafe to get haircuts or to cook the meals for that night where we're having dinner that night for the community um, or our other ministries were going on. And, uh, and they're like, Oh, is that sister? Don't say, Hey, can you pray for me? And legit, like three healings happened on the spot. Like three people who had physical ailments got prayed with and right there in front of everybody were healed. And so I was like, dang, Jesus, man, do your thing, God, do your thing. So it was just really cool to see the supernatural, right? Cause I mean, we need to be seeing Acts of the Apostles happen today, right? Acts of the Apostles, we see all these crazy miracles happen with the early church, with the early church Christians, and then we come to church today and we don't see it. And it's cool to be with people who are living in their charisms, who are manifesting the Spirit of God and, and who are allowing Jesus to use them to bring about his good works for the kingdom of God, for the glory of the Father. So those are my glory stories today. All right, before we get jumping into the questions, we got uh, two follow-ups uh, from previous episodes. The first one comes in from Joshua. Joshua is a great name. Joshua means God saved, Yeshua from the Old Testament. Joshua writes this, uh, Father Josh, I love your show. Listen to it all the time. You've really helped me to grow in my spiritual life so much so that I've recently been praying about becoming a Franciscan friar. What? That is so awesome. I love the friars. I love Padre Pio. I love St. Francis. St. Anthony of Pado is my confirmation saint, so shout out to all the Franciscan friars out there. And Assisi is one of my favorite places in the world. Um, however, not a lot of my Catholic friends know much about vocations other than becoming a priest or a nun. Do you think we could have a spiritual vocations-themed show sometime in the future? Once again, I love your show, and I'll be praying for you. Yes, Joshua or Yeshua, um, as you would have been called in the Old Testament, we can definitely have a show dedicated to vocations all about discernment and so um, for our listeners out there if you have questions about discernment whether it's discernment with religious life priesthood marriage discernment with ministries um, discernment about consecrated virginity hit me up and we'll do a theme show down the line in the future all about discernment so thank you yeshua for um for hooking us up with that one of my buddies in seminary father charles Dusso, used to uh he used to sing when i would walk in the hallway yeshua yeshua Yeshua. <laughs> All right. Next uh, follow-up comes in from your appreciative brother in Christ. Hey, Father Josh, I just want to thank you real quick for everything you do. My gratitude to you is beyond words. I know you get that all the time, but I'm converted a couple years ago, and I learned so much about the faith from your podcast, and you've helped me to love and trust God a lot more. Praise Jesus Christ. I thought it was interesting and so cool when you explained that God is outside of time, so our prayers can be used at any point in time that they are needed. So cool. Just wanted to thank you. Absolutely love your podcast. Keep being you. I will pray for you, your appreciative brother in Christ. Well, thank you, my brother. 
pray for me, I will pray for you. All right, now let's get into the, the topics for the show. As you know, I got this coffee in my hand. I'm about to take one more sip, and we're going to let my coffee be my transition to the, the questions. Mmm. Mmm. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for that coffee. It is a gift. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right. Speaking of the Lord, first question comes in about the Lord's Prayer from David or David. Right? Uh, some people call themselves David because they're bougie, uh, but uh, some people call themselves David uh, because they're not. So David or David writes this. What is up with holding hands during the Lord's Prayer? I don't see anything wrong with it, but question why people do it to begin with. What's the history behind this and what does the church have to say about it? David or David. Yo, David, great question. So, uh, yeah, that is an interesting question. Uh, it's all over social media right now. A few people have written articles about it. And uh, I'll just speak from personal experience real quick. Whenever I was growing up, I hated holding hands. Hated it, like legit hated it. People have like those sweaty palms. I mean, look, you're necessary member of the body of Christ, but I don't want to hold your sweaty palm hands like during during prayer. Like when I'm trying to focus on the Father, the Our Father, the Lord's Prayer, my attention's on God. Well, now my attention's on your sweaty palm hand. And when I was growing up as a kid, I had my brothers at mass with me, and we used to like squeeze each other's hands, and we would fight, and we would pinch each other. Um, and so uh, I never liked it. And I remember whenever I felt called to be a priest, and this sounds super ridiculous, but it's true. When I felt called to be a priest, one thing I did not want to do when I went to seminary was I was like, what if in seminary they hold hands like they do at my parish? Like, I don't want to hold people's hands for the next eight years. I legit thought that. And then they had this like this pamphlet uh, for the seminary at that time. I was like a little booklet. And I remember going to the booklet and they had a picture of the seminarians praying during mass. And they were all having their hands held together. Like, and I was just so happy. Like held like not holding hands together with each other, but like by themselves. And, um, and I was so happy to see like them not holding hands. And that gave me the grace to continue um, to speak to my vocation director about going to seminary. I know that sounds really ridiculous, but it's really true. Um, so holding hands, where did it come from? I think it developed somewhere in the 60s or 70s. Um, but again, it developed not because the church asked us to ever do it. It's nowhere in the germ, the general instruction, um, Roman Missile, it's nowhere in, in the liturgy, it's never been asked of us by the Holy Father. Um, it's something that just kind of developed over time, maybe from the charismatic renewal, maybe from Protestant influence. I'm not sure. Um, maybe from the hippie days of the church. I don't know. But long story short, it's not the um, a required posture during prayer, during mass. It's never been asked. Like the, the only thing that, that is spoken about um, in, in the germ is that we were standing during the, our Father. That's the only thing the germ says, is you stand during the Our Father. Um, and so uh, what do you do then if you're at a parish where people hold hands? Is it a sin when people hold hands during Mass? No, it's not a sin. Um, right? it, it, it's the, the point of that time, the only thing we know you're supposed to do is be, stand up. Like, what do you do with your hands? It doesn't tell you what to do with your hands. It doesn't say put your hands in your pocket. It doesn't say hold your hands on the pew in front of you. It doesn't say fold your hands. It doesn't say put the prayer hands up. It just says you're standing up during that time of prayer. That's all that we read in the rubrics um, for the liturgy. So if you don't want to hold hands, you should not feel required to do so or obligated to do so because it is not 
a part of the liturgy, right? Like, quote that. It's not. Um, however, if you aren't going to hold someone's hand and you're in a community where people have been accustomed to doing that for the past 50 or 60 years or whatever, then don't be a jerk about it. Just close your eyes. That's what I did. I used to close my eyes during the Our Father and hold my hands together. I would put my hand, my right hand and my left hand, and I would close my eyes and I would focus on the Father because for me, it was a distraction to hold someone else's hand. However, you might be a person who you and maybe your family or the friend that you're going to mass with or the person that you're sitting next to in the pew, y'all might find it more conducive to focus on the Father by holding hands. And if that's the case, it's not a sin to hold that person's hand during the Our Father. Um, it's the goal is to focus on the Father. The goal is to focus on the Lord during that time of prayer. And so if that helps you to pray, then is it permissible to do that? Certainly, sure. Yeah, you can certainly do that. But you should not feel required. If your pastor ever tells you you have to hold someone's hand, you could say, Father, that's not that's not part of the liturgy, right? You can't tell me I have to hold hands right now. If the person next to you makes you feel bad, just tell them after, hey, look, yeah, it's not part of the liturgy. And so for me, it helps me to focus on the Father with my eyes closed or with my, with my hands to my body, right? Not everybody likes to touch people. Some people have germs. Some people are sick. Some people have, have phobias. And we should never put our uh, desire to, to hold someone's hand onto other people. Uh, so is this something that's worth fighting for? Is this something that um, is like worth being a big battle like I've seen on social media where people are arguing about it? No. I think that there are bigger battles like there are poor people out there right now who don't have food. Right? If you're more concerned with holding hands during their father than you are with feeding the poor, than you are with clothing the naked, than you are with visiting those who are, are sick and alone and dying, if you are more concerned with holding hands than you are with your own salvation and like not checking the last time you went to the sacrament of reconciliation, penance, confession, whatever you want to call it. If you are more concerned with that than other issues that are way bigger, um, then I think that, um, that, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna tell you what I think. Cause that I was about to be uncharitable. So yeah, it's just like legit, like don't make a big deal about it. Just do you like, if, if, if you don't want to do it, don't feel obligated to do it because the church, the church, Holy Mother Church doesn't ask of it. If people in your parish are asking of you, just tell them that's not the church's teaching. You made up your own rules. I follow Jesus and his bride, not not man or woman, right? I follow Jesus. So, yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty much uh, what I think about it. And in the germ, what it says is that you stand up in our Father, and that's all it says. And so um, hopefully my my words were helpful to you. Next question comes in from a religious sister. Uh, her name is Natanya. Natanya, I like that. I think it's Natanya. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Natanya. Uh, she's a religious sister experiencing the loss of zeal. Um, so she says this. Um, I, I recently found your podcast and I love listening to it as it's down to earth and practical. I'm a young religious sister, recently professed one year. Praise God. Welcome to religious life. Since my profession, I've been in a desert period and I'm trying and I'm tired of being in this place. I want to regain the zeal I once had to spread the love of Christ. How can I overcome this? Yeah, so um, first of all, I'm just going to say I don't know because I'm not your spiritual director. And I'm not like walking with you on a consistent basis. Uh, but what I can tell you is a few things. The first thing I can tell you is just my own experience of being in seminary formation for eight years before I was ordained for the past five, six years. Um, I, I experienced a lot of desert desert seasons, a lot of seasons of the desert. Uh, and I, the one that was like the most intense was the year leading up to my diaconate ordination. It was so difficult, so dry. I used to love to study scripture and theology in that last year of seminary formation. 
I hated it. I could not stand to study theology. I could not stand scripture. Um, like I was like, it struggled with it. It was, it was this weird place. Like I, and I was reading scripture like for my classes. I mean, for prayer as well, but for classes I'm speaking about, and as well as for theology. And um, I, I love people, and I couldn't stand people. Well, I love some people. I mean, I love all people as in a Thomistic way, but I like to be around some people, not all people. Let me make that clarification. I love the desire of the greatest good, and I desire the greatest good for everybody. But I don't like to be around everybody, but there are people I like to be around. But that, that last year before I was ordained uh, to the diaconate, I didn't like to be around anybody. Uh, prayer was so dry. I could not perceive the voice of God in prayer and the blessed sacrament and scripture and the rosary and praise music and gospel music and chant and nature anywhere. It was so, so difficult. Um, but what happened is during that season, I went to Calcutta uh, and I went to go uh, work with Mother Teresa's sisters, the missionaries of charity. And it was very beautiful because I was stripped. I was really stripped of everything, of everything that I was used to, everything that, that, that drew me to God in the first place. So I was in total dryness, uh, and uh, it, was, it was very, very difficult. But while I was in Calcutta, I was away from everyone and everything, and all I had was Jesus and the poor. And I made my decision then. I said, Jesus, like, I said yes to this call in a state of peace. And I, I told you yes um, in a season of profound peace and love. And so I'm going to stay on this journey and if the rest of my life is is dry, I still have you. Even though I can't perceive your presence anymore, even though I can't hear your voice anymore, even though it's difficult to to recognize your face, I know I have you, and I'm I'm, I'm in this with you no matter what. Um, and so I made that decision to stay with him. And uh, and it wasn't until the night before my ordination that I got like a taste of peace back. <laughs> uh, but the Lord purified me so much. I had a lot of attachments. I had attachments to my comforts. I was attached to pleasure, especially with like study. I really enjoyed studying theology. And so the Lord had to strip me so that I would study theology for him and not for the, for the pleasure that came from studying theology. I enjoyed people, but I was too attached to their opinions. I was too attached to their affirmation. I was too attached to their affection. And so the Lord had to strip me so that I could only lean on him um, and him crucified, trusting that even if he didn't give me any more gifts, I would come to him for him and not for what he's doing. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it was a very beautiful season, but painful. So potentially you might be experiencing this season of dryness a year into your formation uh, because the Lord is trying to strip you because he's trying to purify you so that you can love him for him and not for what he does for you or not for what feelings you get for the work you do for him, uh, not for the for the joy, the passion, but just sometimes we're supposed to just do things out of love, like, like a, a parent that goes to change the baby's diaper at 2 a.m., right? They're not passionate. They're not zealous about going to change that diaper, but they do it because they love. And so when the Lord purifies our love sometimes we lose the enthusiasm but we still do it we still do it and that's and that's the real manifestation of love is, is doing the good even whenever we don't feel inspired or motivated or are excited about it another reason why you might be experiencing dryness potentially uh, is because of um the way that you're you're praying right now might be something that the lord is inviting you to change sometimes um when we are in seasons of like dryness, it's the Lord's way of saying, hey, like, I want you to try something new for now, like with regards to the way you're living out your rule of life. Now, certainly you're in a religious community, so you'll have a practical rule, so you follow that rule. And insofar as that rule helps you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ, helps you to grow in virtue, interior virtue, patience, kindness, meekness, gentleness, et cetera, um, then you stick to that rule. But 
I really want to encourage you to be free. If you are living out this rule of life and religious life and you are not growing an interior virtue, not about feeling good, not about being uh, on fire for going out and you know doing things in ministry, but like that interior relationship with Christ, if you find that you're growing closer in vice, then that might be an indication that it's, ti- it's time to do something different, to bring it to your formators and say, maybe we could try something different for my formation within this community um, because right now I'm not cultivating the virtues enough. Um, and so I'd certainly be free to try something new insofar as it's okay with your superiors. Uh, finally, uh, another reason why, and these are just all potential, there might be, there's a multitude of reasons why we lose the zeal sometimes and why we experience dryness. But another potential reason might be because of sin. Um, sometimes whenever we're in sin, uh, we were not able to receive the graces God has in store for us because we're holding on to, the, to other things that aren't good for us um, in our relationship with Christ and our work for the church, for his bride. Um, so in religious life, I think some of the common sins I've encountered are like gossip, murmur. Uh, it's, it's hard to live in community with people. Uh, we all love Jesus and we're all walking toward the same end, but we're all different personalities and temperaments. And sometimes whenever we are in those uh relationships with people who are, are very different from us and who we did not choose. Like the apostles did not choose each other. They chose Jesus and Jesus chose them, but they didn't get to pick each other. Uh, so they had to dwell with each other who are very different. Sometimes we can fall into sin and gossip, like James chapter three talks about, and that could um, really cut us off from receiving the grace that God has in store for us. Uh, another another vice in religious life is uh, the inflexibility, not being flexible. When our superiors tell us to do things, we are stuck in our ways, like John the Baptist was stuck in his way. And, the, and when he, he was with Jesus and Christ said, baptize me, and he said no. And Christ said, baptize me, and he said, I shouldn't do it. And then finally he surrendered. And when he surrendered to, to Jesus, who knew best, he experienced supernatural graces. And likewise, whenever we sur- surrender to our superiors, even if it doesn't make sense when they tell us to do something or go somewhere, um, if we surrender, then that's where the graces are found. Even if, um, yeah, I'm not going to say that last part. I had something else to say, but I'm not going to go there. Uh, prudence, custody of that tongue. Uh, and finally, uh, it, it might be because of um, uh, asadia. Asadia is also common in religious life and priesthood. Uh, and, and the most simple way to, to break that down uh, would be to, to, to look at what am I being asked to do? I know I'm supposed to do, but I'm doing a bunch of other good things and not the one thing I'm supposed to do right now. And so just to examine your own religious life and, and, and check and see, am I doing things that aren't necessary? And am I avoiding that which is necessary? Um, so Father Mike Schmidt actually has a really good video on Asadia on YouTube. So you can check out the Ascension uh, YouTube channel and see what my brother Father Mike Schmidt said about that as well. So those are just some some things that might be the reason why. Again, I don't know for sure because um, because I, I don't know your heart and I'm I'm not God. Uh, but I just figured that those might be some some helpful thoughts um, for you. Um, okay, so uh, let's take a break. Let's go ahead and take a break. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we're going to dive into our final question. Our final question, again, is about discernment, which is, is cool because Joshua wants us to have a theme show about discernment. Uh, and so we're going to dive into that question about discernment, specifically when it comes to what I do about my gifts. I have gifts. If I go to this community, are they going to reverence those gifts? All right, I'll see you in a minute. Do you find it difficult to enter into the mysteries of the rosary? What about personally applying them to your life? Drawing from the writings of the saints, the Bible, and Catholic tradition, Matt Frat has produced Pocket Guide to the Rosary, a masterful work that teaches Catholics how to truly meditate on the mysteries of the rosary, how to pray the rosary like the saints, 
and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your prayer life and improve the way you pray what St. Padre Pio called the weapon of our times, we invite you to check out Pocket Guide to the Rosary by Matt Frad. To order, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. And we're back. Don't forget, you can hit me up with your questions at AskFatherJosh at EssentialPress.com. You can also rate us and view us on iTunes and share our podcast on social media platforms to help other people find out about the show. If it's a gift for you, potentially it could become a gift for them as well. All right, last question is from Stephen. Stephen with a V, not a PH. Stephen says this, discernment. Hi, Father Josh. I'm a Ghanaian from West Africa, the motherland. Shout out to the motherland, Wakanda forever. Yo, I did, um, Stephen, I did the, I forgot what that test is called, but it's like where we see where we're from. And I um, obviously, you know, as, as someone who's biracial, black dad, white mom, I never knew where my ancestry was from because of slavery. Um, and so I knew that my dad was in, from Mississippi and his grandpa was in Mississippi. And I knew that they were slaves in Mississippi, but I didn't know what part of Africa we came from. And so I did one of those tests, whatever it's called, and I was able to find out. And one of the cool things about finding out what part of Africa I was from was the week I found out we had a prayer service in my diocese uh, and it was like a holy hour of reparation. And at, we had different people from different parts of the world who were in our diocese. So we had like different communities from Africa and Latin America and Asia and all over. And, um, and they were praying in their, their native tongues. And the very first time I heard my native tongue from the place in Africa that my ancestors come from was in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament, the Eucharist. And the man who was praying uh, in his native tongue, my native tongue, he prayed the Lord's Prayer. So the first time I heard the tongues of my ancestors was the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father. It was so beautiful. I almost dropped a tear, but I didn't. But I was, I was like, man, shoot, I could drop a tear right now. So you are from the motherland, Wakanda forever. I am, and you're graduating from the university this year, and you hope to join the Franciscan Conventuals next year. Shout out to the Franciscans. They keep getting shout outs. Maybe Padre Pio is, is with me right now. Uh, I love rap music, and I myself can write raps, but I fear it will be a hindrance to my vocation, as I love both my vocation and rap music so much. Please, I need your advice on what to do. Thank you so much. Yeah, so I mean, in my experience, God uses our gifts um, according to his will in his way, in his time. And so there might be seasons where God invites us to, to suppress some of our natural gifts um, for the sake of the greatest gift, which is him, and in our state of life vocation that can draw us to him in the kingdom of heaven for all eternity, uh, and the sacraments, and prayer, and relationship. Um, and then there might be seasons where he wants to use our gifts that he's given us to, to bring people to him. Um, as, as you probably know, growing up, my brother was a, a gangster rapper, and, and then I, I dabbled in rap here and there. I did a couple concerts and stuff like that as well. Um, and, uh, and I used that gift for a season in my priesthood uh, and in my seminary formation to draw people to Christ. And it was cool because they did come. I had people come back to the sacrament of reconciliation. Uh, whenever I was uh, using that gift of rap, I had people um, come into the church. I had people um, come through RCIA. So God used that to draw people to the sacrament. So it bore supernatural fruit for a season. And then the Lord drew me away from that season for a while. And so like right now, I'm not in that season at all. Um, but maybe in the future, he might draw me back there. I don't know. I'm, I'm totally like disposed to surrendering to his will and his way and his time. 
I do know that there are Franciscan orders um, that have like have rappers like Father Stan Fortuna and the CFRs. Um, like they they use their gifts of, of rap and of, of singing and of music and of of many other things in their ministry to to draw people to relationship with Jesus Christ ultimately in the sacrament life of the Catholic Church. So uh, don't fear things that aren't here yet. Like just be okay. If God's calling to the Franciscans and they're going to, if they ask you to, to, to not rap, then trust it. That's because it's not good for you to rap right now. Like be obedient to your superiors. However, there may come a season where they might say, Hey, we, we need that gift right now. Uh, it, this is really good for our purification to just let go of our will, let go of our way, let go of things happening in our time frame, and trusting in God that if he wants to use it, he will use it. If he doesn't, he won't. Um, the scripture that came to my mind as I prayed for you, Stephen, was of the Gospel of Matthew of Joseph. You know, Joseph had one of the greatest gifts that anybody could ever have ever imagined. He had the Blessed Virgin Mary. He was betrothed to Mary. Um, and one day Mary came home after they discerned a virginal marriage, and she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph was a just man. And so because he's a just man, to be a just man means that, like in the Old Testament, it says the just man, the righteous man, is the, is the man who knows the word of God. So he knew in the Old Testament scriptures that there would come a day from the prophet Isaiah that there would be a virgin um, who, would, who would bring about uh, the Son of God, right? He, he knew that this was going to happen at some point in history. And he knew that he and Mary discerned a virginal marriage. He knew that she was special. He could tell she was different, like she was immaculate. So she was different from every other girl. He knew that she didn't sin on him. And so he must have known, oh, wow, she's the one. Like she's the one who was prophesied about in the OT, in the Old Testament. Um, And so he let her go. He let her go. He didn't hold on to that gift that he had been given by God for a season in his life. He let her go. He was going to divorce her quietly to free her to fulfill whatever mission God gave her because he must have perceived, well, look, clearly God didn't say anything to me about this, so God must not want me to be a part of this. And so it probably broke his heart because I'm sure he loved Mary, and I'm sure like she was like just a phenomenal gift for him, but he was willing to let that gift go for the sake of like his relationship with God and her relationship with God. And then because he didn't grasp at the gift, because he didn't hold on to that gift, God gave Mary back to him and said, hey, Joseph, I want you to take Mary back. And with Mary, you also get Jesus Christ, the son of God, or you get to behold the face of God, which your ancestors have been longing to see, which they were not able to see, but you're going to get to see and hold and spend time with on a consistent daily basis. So he received an even greater gift, and he also received the natural gift of Mary back as well. And so I would encourage you to just not grasp the gift that God has given you. Don't hold on to rap, um, but let it go. And if your order asks you to do it, um, then be open to receiving that gift again and using that gift for the glory of God, for your sanctification, and for the transformation of the world. And if they don't, then then trust that by you letting go of that gift, that God has an even better gift in store for you and your relationship with him, and also for you to receive so you can share with the church, you can share with the world, and accompanying the people that you're going to be invited to walk with toward eternity. So that's what I think about that. So hopefully that was helpful, Stephen. Let me know. Hit me up at AskFatherJosh at EssentialPress.com and follow up with me. Let me know if you discern with the Franciscans um, how that goes, how your formation is, so I can continue to walk with you and pray with you and accompany you in your walk toward being a saint. I, I really, man, I'm so inspired when I hear stories about saints who are friends with saints. And so, like, I definitely, I desire to be a saint. I desire to go to heaven because I ain't trying to go to hell. Um, and so it's cool for me to do this podcast because I get to walk with so many of you and in this new platform through social media to like really accompany each other. And like when we get to heaven, we're going to get to like hang out in person. Um, and so right now we're hanging out like virtually, but it's so cool to be able to like say, 
that, man, I'm walking with people who are really trying to be saints. And, and maybe we will be canonized saints one day. And how cool would that be if, like, 200 years from now, people write a story and they're like, oh, yeah. Well, you know, Stephen from, from Africa was friends with Father Josh in Louisiana. And they walked with each other and they accompanied each other toward being saints. So super cool how God can unite the body of Christ on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, but anyways, that's our show for today. So let's go ahead and pray. And don't forget that Joshua Yeshua in the beginning of the show asked for us to do a theme show on discernment. So hit me up with questions that you want to ask me. But also, if you have any questions about discernment, hit me up with those as well so we could do a themed show on discernment in the future, which would be super cool. Discernment of state of life, vocation of marriage, state of life, vocation of consecrated virginity. Say that vocation of um, priesthood and religious life as well. And then also discernment with um, vocation in general, right? Like the present moment. How can I be holy in the present moment so that I can be a saint in my walk toward eternity um, if I'm not going to walk toward heaven through a state of life vocation? So that's the show. Let's pray. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we love you, adore you, praise you, bless you, glorify you, honor you, give you thanks and praise. You are enough for us, God. We don't need any other gift. All we need is you. You are sufficient in and of yourself, Lord. And so I ask, ask that you just draw each one of us to spend more time with you today for you, not for what you can do for us, but th to simply praise you and to adore you, to give you that which is due to your name, that praise and honor and that adoration, Lord. You deserve it all, and we don't need anything. If you want to give us stuff, God, we will receive it. If it's, if it's good for us, you would give it to us because you're a good father. But if you don't want us to perceive your presence today, if you don't want us to perceive tangible whatever fruit, it's, it's cool. You, you're good. You're good, God. You are good enough for us. And so um, we just praise you right now. We love you. And we ask that you draw us to yourself so that we can give you that which is due to your name, all adoration and glory to you, Jesus Christ. We ask this prayer, Father, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. All right, y'all. God bless. And I will see you next week.